If you knew me, you would know that I'm passionate about creating cultures of belonging. Hi, we're Hannah Bay, Jasmine Joda, and Teresa McCartney, all T23s. And you are listening to If You Knew Me, a grassroots podcast dedicated to celebrating diversity, equity, and inclusion at the Tech School of Business at Dartmouth. Leah, thanks so much for being here with us today. It's a little bit of a passing of the torch episode of If You Knew Me podcast because we have the founder and host for the past year, Leah, here with us, as well as the three new co-hosts. I'm Teresa. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Hannah. Thanks so much for having me. It is so funny to be on the other side uh, of the mic. <laughs> um, well, so you just shared your If You Knew Me um, statement. I think we're all kind of curious about how this um, interest in a culture of belonging started. Is this something that you've always cared about, or is this something that COVID really catalyzed for you? Yeah, I think COVID helped me name it, actually, but I do think it existed far before Um to go back to childhood, Hannah, which I know you like to, to hear about, um, I was adopted from China when I was nine months old and um, adopted by a loving family, a loving couple, my mom and dad, um, and grew up in Brookline, Massachusetts. Um, and so I think for me, when I think back to that, I've always felt like I've belonged and I really uh, put that or credit my parents for that. I think um, speaking from an adoption place, like very very early on they um had a, i don't know how they did it but they had a really good way of explaining my adoption to me um explaining how i'm loved and how um like I, and how i belong in our family and in our community um and i and I, I honestly can't even remember how or when it happened which i again i think is a testament to just how they um facilitated those conversations but i will say that you know there are there are obviously moments when i when i look back when i think about being aware that I was, you know, different in terms of, you know, our family pictures don't all look the same or, you know, we don't all look the same because we're not blood related. Um, and, and, or, you know, I grew up uh, Jewish. And so, um, not that there are not other Asian Jews, there definitely are, but I remember being in, you know, synagogue and also looking different there. And so there definitely were points in my life where I noticed, but that I was maybe different per se, but, um, I, I think back and I think I always felt like I belonged and I think that's where um, I found power in my own identity and in my own um, confidence and so it's something that's really important to me to make sure other people feel the same I think I got lucky in kind of how my life has you know shaken out um, and I just want to make sure that those that, that those resources that were given to me are available to everyone. And I do think that starts with feeling like you belong, feeling seen, feeling heard. Uh, so belonging is very, very important to me. So I, I personally did not know you're adopted. That's such an mm-hmm. interesting kind of origin story. I'm curious about how your interest in, you know, cultivating a sense of belonging manifests itself in your life growing up. Were you someone who was mm-hmm. always class president or always, you know, kind of, participating in organized sports or is this just more something that you kind of more organically brought to groups? Mm, I think it definitely manifested in me being extroverted and me liking group activities. So to your point about what what extracurriculars did I do, um, I did like being on teams. I think that's part partially why I gravitated to some sports because I liked being on a soccer team 
um, and I liked having a group of, of girls that I could be with and exist with and interact with. Um, I did do student, uh, student government. I think when I ran for student body president in college and when I was involved in student government, I think part of it was partially it was because of wanting to be in service of others and creating, creating cultures of belonging. Yeah, that's so awesome to hear about how when you were a kid, you're so sensitive to differences and you really crave that sense of belonging. And I think it's so awesome that you were able to access that safety of belonging. Mm. And also so awesome that you want to provide that same feeling of warmth and belonging to others. I'm curious. I think a lot of what we're talking about is, you know, belonging is such a feeling, mm. but we, you know, we don't really know. A lot of people don't know how to actually create that that feeling and foster it. Um, so I know when you came to Tuff, it was in the middle of COVID. I think everyone was feeling pretty isolated. I'm curious about why you, um, one, I guess, thought to start a podcast and kind of how that has shaped your Tuff experience. I really feel belonging. Not It's so hard to define, like you just said, but it really, in my mind, has been, you know, if I feel seen, if I feel heard. So starting there, I really thought to myself, in order to help create senses of belonging, you can't do that unless we, you know, know each other. And so it kind of started as simple as that. Um, and like you said, COVID, um, COVID is a tough environment. You know, you have to be physically isolated at times. And that definitely was the case for me when I came to Tuck. And so when I was thinking about how I could contribute to cultures of belonging at Tuck, um, it, it led me to creating the If You Knew Me podcast because Basically, I thought, what are ways that we can get to know one another in a safe way, given our current situation? And so meeting people physically might be hard, but if there was something like a podcast, uh, it would be a way to kind of disseminate information more widely and, and quicker even, because you know, as we all know, when you're starting a new program, you can only talk to so many people all at once. So if you can kind of share, have a way to share more broadly pieces of yourself that you're interested in sharing, um, it can kind of speed up that process of getting to know folks within a community. Um, I will say though, this idea did not come immediately. I think I was racking my brain for a couple months trying to think what, what would be value add versus you know something maybe helpful to some, but really also more of a logistical pain or, you know, a resource that's not actually a resource. Um, but I feel like the the podcast is great because it puts the guest in the driver's seat, right? Like no one shares anything that they don't feel comfortable sharing. It's not a requirement to be on the podcast and it's not a requirement to answer any questions you don't want to, but it's a great way for folks to own pieces of their identity that they're willing and, and want other people willing to share and want other people to know um, so it's been a it's been a really cool um, project and I think it's just from the feedback anecdotally that I've heard it sounds like it's it's working if that's the right term I have a few questions now that we're becoming the host of the podcast I've never done the podcast before and I'm sure that you've learned so many lessons mm -hmm from hosting the podcast, what are some stories, uh, like fun stories that you can share with us of times when things went a little bit haywire and you didn't expect it? Mm. <laughs> well, from like a tech perspective, everything. Um, I <laughs> have learned to make the podcast recording sessions, you know, 45 minutes minimum, just because even though the episodes end up being, you know, 20 minutes, there's always a lot of uh, technical glitches, getting the mic set up and all of that. Um, I think 
what what really has been the joy for me, and I, I feel so selfish about it, but being able to host, I've just really, really enjoyed being able to ask questions that um, ask follow-up questions, get to know the guests the guests. And I think we all get to, you know, listeners all get to learn. But there is something special kind of about getting to be in the room and then trying to balance your own as a host, your own interests and your own follow-up questions with what you think the community might be interested in. So I think that's a, I don't think there was a end goal there. I think you just, you're constantly learning and figuring out as a host, your style um, and, you know, the best ways to, to bring out the best in the guest. That's awesome. I guess in terms of, I know you mentioned being very lucky in your experiences Mm. in terms of your sense of belonging, but have you ever had a more challenging experience kind of entering into a new community or even seeing someone else having a hard time being entered into a community and kind of how did that translate into your sense of belonging? For one example, when I went to a synagogue of a friend's, for example, um, I remember there, someone there totally out of, you know, kindness and um, positive intent was kind of explaining to me some of the things going on in the service or, you know, like pointing out where we were in the, um, in the, the service. And, and it's things like that where I totally, and who knows, they would have done that maybe to anyone, whether they looked Asian or not, but, um, or different or not. But I remember, you know, it's those moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I, this is how other people see me. Um, and so I do think there are mom- there definitely were moments like that along the way. And they're just reminders to me to be more intentional myself because I also definitely make those mistakes with other people or in other settings and other capacities. So it's just a reminder of to be really intentional when we think about, you know, what we say and what we do. Going into the podcast, I'm curious about what have been some of your favorite moments. You've spoken to a pretty eclectic group of Tuckies. Mm-hmm. Um, how have Tucky surprised you? And have there been any, I guess, anecdotes of, of guests that have been some of your favorites? Uh, yes, I feel like I can't say any favorites because I love all my children equally. <laughs> but um, no, I think, and, and I also would, would be, I, could, I don't know if surprise is the right, right word because I knew Tuckies were amazing. I knew Tuckies were interesting, diverse. I knew all of that. But at the same time, it was still so exciting to hear stories from folks that I just never would have thought. For example, one of my very first episodes with Vish um, in season one, I, you know, when he told me his statement was, if you knew me, you would know I'm, I, I'm a mad scientist or what, I, it was something like that. I mean, that came out of left field for me. I mean, I didn't know what that meant and I didn't know. And when he described some of the hobbies that kind of translate that, translate to mad scientist for him, I had no idea he did those things. So I think it's just been really interesting getting to know f- folks um, on a deeper level and um, also just see those dots get connected then for Tuckies within the community who might listen. And for example, Rogany um, likes skating and, and is really passionate about watching, following, you know, ice skating competitions and things. And I remember um, friends coming up and saying, I didn't know she did that. Like, I'm going to reach out because I also like it. Like, those are the the good, the best moments where you feel like you're um, seeing the vision come alive. It sounds like it was really rewarding Mm. for you then to see other people in your class become connected to one another because of this podcast, your baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think the biggest, and, and it really is a thank you to you three, I think the biggest... The, the most gratifying piece of it is that 
it that it's resonating and that it might live on after I leave because I think um, that's that's what it's about. It's not really about, I mean I hope it's not about me. You know that was never the intent. It's it's always been about the community and just to see the community hear that the community sees a need for it and is enjoying it um, and that you three were excited about taking it on like. That's just that's the gold. Like I'm so grateful, and I I honestly can't wait to tune in when I'm when I'm gone. Um, and I know you three have visions for kind of it in the future. Um, and I love that that you know you you all are thinking about how to expand the scope and impact it can have. So I'm just excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. We're excited too. <laughs> and then obviously you're doing other amazing things on campus. Kind of how does that sense of belonging kind of go through? the rest of your tough legacy that you're thinking to leave behind? Hmm. I think I wish I could say I thought I've, you know, I came into tech with a plan and, and had all the dots connected. Um, but yeah, if I'm being honest, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure I'll eventually have to tell the, the nice story of how it all pieces together. <laughs> but I think it's really been just like following my gut along the way. Um, and so, um, and following my passion. So DE and I co-chair, fresh or first year not freshman year yikes first year um was was a big part of what I wanted to do with my time again tied to the culture of belonging piece um but then it's just been saying yes to things that are are meaningful and and interesting and I think I do emphasize people and that is probably the common thread throughout all the activities I've done um whether it's been a part of you know centers being doing this podcast student government um nonprofit board fellowship like I think it's always been about the people and giving back um, and learning from other people and receiving from other people so that's probably how I integrate all of my activities so I think something that as a first year at Tuck I've I've definitely felt I know a lot of people have is you kind of come in with this thesis of who you are and Mm. you're exposed to so many different people so many different careers and options and extracurriculars Mm -hmm. It can be kind of hard to be open to new ideas while also staying true yourself. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's something you've navigated really well, like keeping your career interests, you know, close to your heart as well as your personal interests while also mm-hmm. being very open to new people and new ideas. I'm curious how, honestly, how you've done it. Like, mm-hmm. how have you maintained such a strong sense of self while being in this kind of like huge buffet of options? I will say probably with not enough sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I think it's just been. I got really good advice when I was come when I, when I was applying to business school, and then when I when I got here about the need to be really intentional with how you spend your time. And I'm sure maybe all three of you were given the same advice of thinking about your time in business school as like social, academic, recruiting as like the three buckets. But you can only choose two. At but any you can only choose two. And of course, I rejected that and was like, I'm gonna pick all three. But. Uh, I think it just it just was remembering that, and then also um, kind of coming back and reflecting. Hope not nearly as much as I should have, but um, trying to at least when when I would remember and and really ask myself, am I doing this the way I wanted to do this? And that's definitely not been as easy. I think um, I've sometimes let myself down and and felt fell to peer pressure for sure, and went to an event maybe that I like wish I hadn't and wish I had just like gone to sleep and taken care um, of maybe my mental health um, or you know a, a club I said yes to or an event I said yes to that like you know in hindsight maybe I shouldn't have but 
I think overall, though, asking myself, you know, before committing to anything every time, like, how is this serving me? And I know that sounds selfish, but um, I think, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. So it really, I, I tried to view it that way when it felt selfish at times. I used to, so, and yeah, I would ask, is this serving a, like, a learning moment for me? Is this serving a giving back um, need that I have? Is it... Uh, helping professionally and, and and those were the guiding questions that helped me sort of navigate the noise uh, but yeah they're definitely you can only do the best you can do you know learn from mistakes and just keep move, looking forward I think I also know you're a dual degree student mm -hmm. at Harvard Kennedy School was there the same kind of reflection that made you decide to pursue that additional degree yeah that was definitely guided I think by professional aspiration, reflection, um, and thinking about that, you know, my interest in both the public and private sectors and how do you bring, how do I bring both of those along with me um, when I leave graduate school? And so for me, that was really why. I think at the end of the day, I was looking, when I thought about the jobs I was interested in, um, while I was really excited by some of the business school opportunities, I still felt like there was a gap in kind of the public policy angle or like even you know just the more public sector uh jobs as well so i think i'm really using this graduate school time to learn and absorb and help and make help me make more informed decisions in the future and i just really felt like it was an opportunity to keep learning um and so i definitely don't have a full sense of how they will all play out and you know couldn't maybe track the roi on this but i'm <laughs> hoping you know that and I'm pretty confident that at the end of the day, doing both will will have served me um, in my pursuits. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I think that I think that it will because if you're learning so much, you have you're opening yourself up to so much in the world to offer you, and I think that you will be able to leverage everything that you've learned into a career that really fits who you are. Yeah, I think that's a that's a nice way of saying it, and I also think. You know, you come to grad school to, you know, pivot and to, to, to advance, you know, your hopes and dreams. And so I think for me, it was kind of like I owe it to myself to keep to, to set myself up for as best as possible. Um, and I'll also be transparent that I, you know, I don't really have an answer. And I remember being really insecure about that coming into business school, not really knowing where I wanted to pivot and being in business school, not really knowing where I'm going. Um, when, when people expect, I guess, a second year to, to have it kind of figured out. And so I just try to be gentle with myself too. And, and say like, you know, some people know it right off the bat where they're headed and what they're exactly getting after or, or looking to get rather. I, I sadly don't fall into that category, but at the same time, I think that's okay. Like, I think there's room for these people like me and maybe you all for who are exploring mm -hmm. um, and seeking and taking in every experience and, and drawing the lessons and having that help you move one step forward to wherever this ambiguous next thing is. Uh, so yeah, that, that's definitely how I'm viewing my, my graduate school experience. Um, and, it, and I've been enjoying the ride, so. No regrets so far. I love that. Actually, one of my favorite professors here at Tuck had a great one-liner. It's like, people have it all figured out are boring because they're not remaining curious about what their potential next steps are. And I think the sooner you realize that, um, I don't know, the sooner you can kind of open up your mind. Okay, final advice that you have for anyone who wants to also be like Leah and foster more community. 
Ooh, I think it's ask questions and listen a lot, to put it simply. We got two ears. That's my, that's a, a, a saying I heard. We got two ears and one mouth for a reason. That's from Dean Slaughter himself. <laughs> oh, so that I'll talk lunch. Good memory, Teresa. <laughs> um, and then we have, maybe we can ask a fun question. Okay, so for the fun question, if you, if your life could be a movie, what kind of genre would it be? Ooh. <laughs> um, I think, I think it would be rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be, would it ski more rom or would it ski more calm? Ooh, I'm a hopeless romantic, so maybe more wrong. <laughs> but, but, but it wouldn't be so serious. Like, it really would be a funny, but there would be romance throughout, mm-hmm. I think. I love it. Just in time for Valentine's Day, too. I always say I love love, <laughs> which I know is a silly, silly phrase. But we love it, too. Oh, this is so nice. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Leah. You've done so much. I cannot wait. I am, I know I said it, but I am truly beyond grateful for you three. And I I think the Tuck community is so lucky to have you three at the helm. Um, And yeah, I I already just can't wait for all the seasons, all the stories. Yay. Oh, we're lucky to know you, Leah. Thanks. Thanks, friends. So much love. Thanks for listening to this episode of If You Knew Me. The If You Knew Me podcast was founded back in the fall of 2020 to help deepen student connections and foster a culture of belonging at Tuck. Please check out our other episodes to support and learn more about other Tuckies. If you have any questions or feedback on the podcast, or if you want to be featured on a future episode, please contact us at the email address listed in the description.